The teachings of General Conference are the considerations the Lord would have before us now and in the months ahead. Our marching orders for each six months are found in the General Conference addresses. For the next six months, your conference edition of the Ensign should stand next to your standard works and be referred to frequently. I encourage you to read the talks once again and to ponder the messages contained therein. I exhort you to study the messages of this conference frequently, even repeatedly, during the next six months. You're listening to the Conference Talk Podcast, where it's conference weekend every weekend. Each week on the show, we discuss one, sometimes two, talks from the most recent general conference of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We'll share some insights, make some connections, and hopefully have a little bit of fun on the way as we study the words of the men and women God has called to direct His Church in these the latter days. This is episode number two, where we'll be talking about Elder Holland's address, The Greatest Possession. I'm Matthew Watkins, and I'm joined today by my co-host Shelby. Shelby, go ahead and say hi. Hey, everyone. I'm excited to be here. So before we start, I want to spend some time Um, your listeners and our listeners, who are now the same listeners, may be wondering why we're hearing voices change and hearing different people from week to week. Do you want to go ahead and explain kind of the interesting miracle that we found ourselves in? Yeah, y'all, this is a pretty cool story. So um, as you know, Kevin and I, we did conference talk for about two conferences in a row, um, but we did end up stopping conference talk because there was just a lot going on in our lives and we couldn't commit to our previous podcasts we had going on. So um, most recently, uh, Kevin has been thinking about resurrecting conference <laughs> talk, but I we couldn't really commit to it at this point in our lives. We're expecting a baby and um, just wasn't the right timing. Didn't feel necessarily right to handle an episode week by week. So what happened was Kevin and I were out to lunch or no, we were out to dinner one night and we get an email from you, Matthew, and it's reaching out to us. Um, and y'all had, I think you said this on episode one, but you guys had just had this desire to create a podcast where you discuss conference talks each week um, and just share and break down the things that you learned. And so you reached out to us because you had found us that we had started that, but then stopped it. So you had reached out and we went ahead and jumped on a Zoom, talked about it and wanted to partner with you, of course, because we love we loved our conference talk podcast. We just didn't have the time commitment for it. So now with meeting you and all our other co-hosts and everything that we have going on here, we are so excited to get this going again. And it's it's going to be fun to share the load with all the people that we have, um, but still have a conference talk to talk about each week and study. And it was such a miracle because like I said, Kevin had been thinking about it. I felt bad in a way because I'm like, man, I really want to do this, but I don't know how. And then that email just came right on through at the perfect time. And we're just like, let's do it. Let's, let's partner. Let's move forward and get some more voices here on conference talk. So it was really quite the experience on my end. See, this is an idea that I've had for about five years. Um, I found that it, it's really hard for me to listen to general conference after the fact when I'm driving in the car. I listen to podcasts all day, but right. for some reason, whenever we listen to general conference, my mind just zones out so frequently. I can study it, I can read it, but just listening to just one voice doing the spoken word is really difficult for me. So I've I've been noodling on this idea for five years, 
and thinking if I if I'm doing it, I have to have a co-host. I have to have a co-host. I have to have a co-host. And finally, so a few weeks ago, I said, you know, I I want to see this happen. And yeah, ended up getting a lot more co-hosts than I thought I was actually going to get. I think we're up to seven now, which is yeah. fantastic. And we we spent a long time going back and forth on a name, and we finally chose the name Conference Talk. And right before I was about to buy the domain name, I said, well, let me check and see if there's any other podcasts with similar names. And then this yeah. one showed up. And I don't know how in the world, in all this time of wishing there was a podcast like this, I never found this podcast. <laughs> uh, but then I found it, yeah, reached out to you guys. And you, I, I was so excited when I saw that your podcast existed. So I listened to the most recent episode. The most recent episode of, sorry, guys, we're not doing this anymore. I was so hard. I'm like, no, <laughs> now you're making it my problem again. <laughs> But no, I was I was super excited when you guys responded back and I said, hey, let's can we do this? If you don't want to run it completely, would you mind you know sharing a co-hosting slot with us? And yeah, it, it's it's been absolutely just wonderful. I've I personally have seen the hand of God in how things have have lined up and have fallen into place in getting this off the ground. And, you know, as a software engineer, it's really fun for me to work on the back end. But, you know, even sitting in front of microphones where I'm not quite as comfortable has still been just really a blast. Yeah. Yeah. We were so excited. And I just went to bed that night and I thought to myself, man, Heavenly Father, he just he does really work in mysterious ways. And I'm just so grateful for that divine design and that thought you had about checking for another podcast. And I just thought, how cool is it that we're all over the United States? But yet here we are talking about conference and all the things we've learned and breaking it down with each other. So I just one of the miracles that exists and it went down in my journal that night. I'm like, we, we talked to Matthew tonight. We're excited. We're resurrecting <laughs> conference talk. So, <laughs> you know, and I'm going to tell you, to be honest, when I read this talk, I did think about our podcast. I'm like, man, this is something that, that we're trying to do. Um, just to share the love of God with people, right. And to share our insights. And so I thought about that and just how even taking a little bit of our time, if we have it to talk about Christ and preach and rejoice of Christ, it's a good thing. I listened. I was excited when I found out that Elder Holland was going to be the first speaker in general conference yeah, because I remember, you know, he, he was kind of in a little bit of controversy if you remember from a few months ago. Um, so he, for those who may not have heard the talk, it, uh, he spoke at uh, BYU at a faculty address, and he said some things that really rubbed some people the wrong way and got in a lot of hot water. I, I saw him kind of called out on other yeah. podcasts using the words abusive and stuff. It was it was really surprising the amount of blowback that he faced um, just from the commentariat of the church. And so everyone's kind of been on pins and needles wondering what's he going to say. Now, I don't think that Elder Holland said, oh, my gosh, now I know what I'm going to talk about in general conference. I think he had written this talk well in advance. Um, but when I when I heard it, a lot of what he said seemed to speak as a response. You know, mm -hmm. the faculty address, obviously, his big thing was he was calling for a little bit more pushback, a little bit more defense from especially educators in particular on the doctrine of marriage. Again, it's not a response, but a lot of the things that he said seemed to fit very well within that yeah. context. He kind of came out swinging against this idea of kind of buffet discipleship. Um, he gave a similar talk, I believe it was 24. I want to say it was 2014, it may have been 2015, called The Cost and Blessings of Discipleship. Do you, do you remember that talk? I do. I remember the title. I don't know if I remember much about it, though. <laughs> I, I'm one for stories. The stories are what really stick out to me. It's the one where some guy in a park threw mashed potatoes on a bunch of sister missionaries. That's, that's oh, kind of yes. the headline yes, of the I talk remember. in my mind. Yeah. Um, 
for all the people who like to think that Jesus is just, you know, some hippie singing kumbaya and let's all get along and tolerance and love and tolerance and love. He said, this is, the, this is the one who also said, if your eye offends you, pluck it out. You know, if your hand offends you, cut it off. He's not telling us to go run around and pick marigolds. That's man making God in his own image. This talk that he gave this general conference was very much in the same vein, coming out against the idea of a teddy bear Jesus who doesn't demand a whole lot of us. What are some of your favorite quotes around that? So I love um, the analogy he gave, or well, he quoted C.S. Lewis um, and how he's saying, I don't just want you, I want the whole thing. You know, I want all of you. Um, And I love this part. He says, in fact, I want you to hand over to me your whole natural self, and I will give you a new self instead. In fact, I will give you myself. My will shall become your will. And I loved that. Um, I don't know. It reminded me of a talk uh, called The Fourth Missionary. I remember it from my mission so clearly. And I remember that talk. Boy, you're taking me back now. Right? Yeah. No, I remember it and it stuck with me. And this quote has always stuck with me. So I referenced as I was studying and getting ready for this uh, conference talk, I went back to the fourth missionary and I read a little bit about it. And like you said, it's about this wholehearted discipleship, just giving yourself over to the Lord. And in the fourth missionary uh, by Elder Corbridge, it says, your greatest work and most important creation is and ever will be you. And I just felt like that was what Elder Holland was trying to get across here in a way was, hey, our greatest possession is to have eternal life with our Heavenly Father and to be with Him with our families and to to make it back to Him. But in order to do that, we have to do certain things and we have to stand up and be a wholehearted disciple of Him. And that's part of this life is preparing to come to know him, um, to be more like him, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and just to dive in and be all in, right? I love, shout out to the All In podcast of the church. I love that podcast. The only um, problem I have with them is they don't post nearly frequently enough. <laughs> yes. And it's funny. I I have their, um, I have Jeffrey Holland's talk ever since conference. It says, we declare ourselves all in. That's my background on my phone right now. And so I just, this whole idea of just giving yourself completely your time, you know, your energy, everything to the Savior to just become better um, and to look at everyone as a child of God as you're doing so. Um, not look in, div- you know, not look at with so much div- divisiveness or dividing. And I just... I loved, I loved everything he had to say, especially at that very beginning. I will give you myself and my will shall become your will if you give me yourself too. And it just, I was ready for that talk. I was like, all right, let's keep going, Holland. I can listen to you for another 20 whole minutes. Let's go. (laughs) It's kind of funny because I wouldn't say this talk was particularly pleasant. Most of his talk was a little bit, I don't want to say a downer, but it certainly was this sobering reminder of the cost that comes with making the covenants. I, I want to read a few quotes here that I highlighted that just, you know, when you stop and think about it and taking the full weight of what he's saying is just really important. He talks about the rich young man who couldn't buy his way past the symbols of the cross and the crown. Yep. Um, you know, and this, again, almost, almost as a response to those who were upset by his address, he says, Take up your cross, however heavy it may be. We understand there are some really heavy crosses out there. 
Mm-hmm. And we, you know, we'll weep with you. We will mourn with you. We will help shoulder that burden. But at the end of the day, that is a cross that has to be borne. He also said, when difficult things are asked of us, even things contrary to the longings of our heart, remember that the loyalty we pledge to the cause of Christ is to be the supreme devotion of our lives. Um, Another piece that I highlighted, he said, he was pointing out 4th Nephi, that wonderful but exceedingly short section of the Book of Mormon where they actually got along. Yeah. And he says, what is the key to this breakthrough and contented, happy living? You know, if you were to ask people nowadays, they'd say, oh, it's about unity. You know, just just get along, you know, never talk about politics or religion or aliens or sports or, or anything that has any modicum of disagreement, you know, and just just take the, the lowest common denominator and just stay on that. Yeah. But he points out that's not the key to contented, happy living. He says the key is embedded there in this text in one sentence, the love of God, which did dwell in the hearts of the people. He says it is then and only really then once we love God, once we keep his commandments that we can effectively keep the second commandment to love our neighbors in ways that are not superficial or trivial. We take up the cross of Christ, however demanding it may be, regardless of the issue and regardless of the cost. You know, that, those are stark words. Um, you know, coming from Elder Holland, he tends to be, I feel like he has two settings. He has soft-spoken setting and then he has bulldog setting. <laughs> <laughs> I'd agree. He's also extremely loving. Yeah. And one of the things that we saw even that, that was pointed out in his um in his faculty address is you, you watch him tearing up and crying at the pulpit. Yeah. This is a man of deep, deep emotions. And I'm sure that it must it must hurt a bit for him to have to be the bulldog once in a while and kind of come out a little rough and tumble and say, Listen, yes, it hurts. Yes, you have to do it. <laughs> well, yeah. And if you think about it, I just I keep thinking about how, you know, just Jeffrey Holland, for example, um, he's trying to live and be like Christ. And a lot of, I mean, Christ, when we learn of him and read of him in the scriptures, there's examples where he, I mean, he doesn't put up with certain things, right? Like he wants us to boldly declare and be disciples of Christ. Um, you know, the cleansing of the temple, he's just, you know, this is God's house. And so um, if Christ did that, you know, we ourselves, Jeffrey R. Holland, he, he quotes this somewhere in some talk, you know, he's awesome, but uh, he says, we should expect to pass through a measure of what the Savior passed through if we are to become like him, if we are to be his disciples. We we are going to walk that thorny road. And it's not going to be as severe as, as Christ had to walk, but we should expect some measure of that. And I think it's the same thing with declaring our discipleship. We shouldn't be sorry. We shouldn't be, um, or we should be bold and loving, but also not not pleasing the world, right? It's that it's that fine uh, balance he's talking about here. But he did it so. I think he did it so wonderfully in this talk, um, and I I just loved everything he said about it. And um, I just even when I heard his address at the BYU. Uh, what was at the BYU conference with all the students gathered. Um, I was, I, I prayed a lot about it and all these and all the contention that was going around. And my number one question was, well, what was elder Holland's intent of his heart? Cause I think that's what matters more than anything. And what was impressed upon my mind was actually fourth Nephi. 
So then when he came out and in this talk and started talking about fourth Nephi, I just thought, wow, I really do believe that was his intent in speaking. Um, and even here speaking to us today in conference, he wants us to know that it's the love of God dwelling in their hearts. And then that caused that, you know, those limiting labels and things to be dropped because then everyone has one common cause and that's to love God and love their neighbor, you know? And that's why I thought about this podcast. I mean, why are we doing it? You know, we love God. We love our neighbor. We, we want to share, we want to do these things um, and become better. And I just, I don't know. It just, it just blew my mind. Elder Holland's talk did. And I've just loved so many parts of it. That's a beautiful insight. Yeah. One of the pieces of veritable advice I was given that just stuck with me is they said, you know, you imagine a triangle, you and your spouse are on the two lower tips and you're separated by a distance. You could focus on coming to each other, but that's only really going to work to a certain degree. Right. Um, as President Packer said, the study of the gospel improves behavior better than the study of behavior improves behavior. The same is true in marriage. When you focus on Christ of necessity as you ascend, you meet in the middle on the path in there. And I, I definitely feel like that, like you said, that fourth Nephi example, it's the love of God that brought the people together, not, not a, a compromise on ideals, not pretend the differences don't exist. They do. But by focusing on God, those differences naturally melt away. Mm-hmm. And that's what uh, today there's so many dividing labels just in our world. You know, there's so much going on and you often ask yourself, well, how do I navigate that? You know, how do I, <laughs> how do I still be a disciple in this world? Um, but love. And I think this is a wonderful answer to that question. If anyone's seeking, you know, there's so many doctrines and truths and revelation in here, as President Nelson said, there would be. <laughs> and they're there if you look for them. If you if you read that talk in that manner, I, I as I read through it, I highlighted truths in green. Uh, doctrines in purple. And then I wrote down my own revelations, right? Like revelations I received while reading um, just on my notes on my phone. And so it's all there. And I think Elder Holland delivered it very well. And one of the, one of the quotes I wanted to share today, he said, friends in our present moment, we find all manner of divisions and subdivisions. He said, um, might we ask ourselves if a higher and holier life, to use President Russell M. Nelson's phrase, is something we could seek. And Kevin and I came up with this phrase that we just got to be higher and holier and sometimes a little bit crazier because it's crazy sometimes, <laughs> right? Like the things we, we that come to our mind to think to do, like who would have thought, you know, but higher, holier, and we like to add just a little bit crazier um, to come closer to our Savior, Jesus Christ. So. I, I just love that. That's all. Yeah. We need to be a little bit more peculiar at times. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> Maybe that's the better word, but higher, holier, and crazier just fit a little bit better than peculiar. <laughs> well, it, crazier is more fitting for me, at least. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, and I guess you're about to have a baby, so you're about to find a whole new level of crazy, too. Oh, man. Yeah. I don't think, you know, everyone says nothing can prepare you. So I'm just like, all right, let's just bring it. Let's just take it as it comes. So. <laughs> We're excited, though. That's a really good policy. You know what? Going back to the discipleship with what you just said, nothing can prepare you. 
I'm watching my son, and I'm thinking in a few years he's going to be baptized, and I'm watching new converts in our ward, and the thought keeps coming, you are not prepared for this. I've been baptized, what, 22 years now? 22 years of trying to live my baptismal covenants, and I still fall extremely short, and I'm watching people much better than me still falling short. The Lord is constantly asking us to do things that we are not prepared for. Yeah, at eight years old, do you think you're ready to be baptized? At 12, do you think you're ready for the priesthood? Do you think you're ready to be married at 20, ready to be a missionary at 18, ready to serve in who knows what callings in the 20s and 30s and 40s? No one's ever ready for anything the Lord asks us to do, but he still asks us to commit wholeheartedly and he'll make up the difference, which is really making up the whole amount. Yeah, he just he just asks us to try, right? Just try. When I got called as Young Women's President, I thought, what in the world is the Lord thinking? I don't know what he's thinking. I I didn't know how that was going to happen. But I think the thing is, like, like I said at the very beginning, that I love how he says, um, he quotes C.S. Lewis, you know, give me your, give me all of yourself. In the beginning there, I just was so worried about me that I wasn't worrying. I wasn't willing to give up me, you know, I wasn't willing to hand it all over to the Lord. But as we do that, then it becomes less about us and more about others. Right. And we see that. And, um, that in itself is healing, looking out for others. Um, and it just, I just love that when we, when we do hand over ourselves to the Lord and let him take us and, and shape us and test us, Miracles happen. Things happen. And I promise they happen because I've seen them in my life, right? And I'm sure you have too, Matthew. You've seen him take you at eight years old <laughs> and turn you and help you and prepare you eventually for the priesthood, right? And passing the sacrament and, and then to be the father that you are today. So, and he still wants to make more of you and he wants to make more of all of us too. And one way we can do that is by coming straight to him and giving ourselves to him, as Elder Holland has said. Everything that we have, everything that we are, belongs to God, as as King Benjamin said. The only thing that is actually ours, the only thing that God has promised is given to us and that will never be taken away from us and that we have complete jurisdiction over, is our agency, our focus, our discipleship. That is the only thing we can offer on the altar to God that's not already his. Yeah, every time we don't know enough to go forward, and he says the words of Elder Anderson, you know enough. You're worried about screwing up. Oh, you're going to screw up so much worse than you actually know, Matthew. <laughs> but I still want you to try. Yeah. I still want you to not shy away from, like you said, the symbol of the cross and the symbol of the crown of thorns. Don't shy away from the from the garden of Gethsemane. You have no idea how painful that's going to be, and it and it's scary what little you do know. Don't shy away from it. Is all I'm asking. I will get you through it saying yeah a lot is expected mm-hmm. but so much is given to enable us to accomplish that and the as i was reading one of the truths i highlighted was he says in any case there is divine help for every one of us at any hour we feel to make the change in our behavior it's there you know that that change at any moment that divine help is there for us to be able to come to and make those changes so what a promise that is yeah I, how often do you hear a promise in general conference that isn't in a coming day or maybe in the next life or something like that? Because like the moment mm-hmm. you know, there are several promises, uh, president Benson's promise. He says, the moment you begin a serious study, of the book of Mormon, 
a power is going to enter into your life, right? Um, and then a uh, previous Elder Holland talk where he was talking about the atonement says the moment we decide to repent, <laughs> that's when the atonement starts working. It's not, oh, I always used to think, oh, you have to go through like an Alma the Younger experience. You have to have, you know, years and years of all this stuff, and then eventually you'll feel forgiven. No, you start receiving that grace immediately. Right. It's God, God's, God's right there. He's, there's a sense of urgency and immediacy to everything that's been coming out of this conference. It's been wonderful. Sobering, but wonderful. <laughs> it's true. And um, right now I'm taking an institute class. And it's on the divine gift of forgiveness. And something we talked about today is um, the power of the adversary. He doesn't, he, doesn't, he doesn't care how much we talk about repentance or talk about changing or talk about giving ourselves over to God. He just cares that we don't ever act, that we don't ever do anything, right? You can think and talk about it all you want, but if you act, that's when the adversary has a problem, right? And so when you're talking about at the moment and right here, these promises that are made, the moment these things happen, that's exactly what Satan doesn't want. And so it's more important to act and overcome that because the more that we get used to acting, we get the ball rolling and we just keep doing that and we just keep acting on these little things and invitations and conference, general conference, thoughts that come into our mind from the Holy Ghost. Um, and we just keep it rolling. And that's what we need to do. Just, just keep acting, even if we're not perfect in that action, which Elder Holland does say, you won't be perfect at it. I forget where it was, but he does say it's not going to be easy, but it's okay. We keep going, right? So. Well, that's where the adversary likes to stop us too. Oh, you failed. You're never going to be good enough. You're never going to actually be sincere enough. You're never going to be, you're never going to meet that bar. Why even try? Right. Yep. Those thoughts, man, we got to shove them out. I had, I had my mission president. He, I, he had me read a quote at a mission conference one time. And it said that thought that it, it was something like, tell that evil thought to go back to hell because that's where it came from. <laughs> my mission president had me read it in front of everybody and I'm like oh my gosh I'm like I didn't even realize I was reading and then I'm like he's like any thought you have that's a bad thought just tell it to go back to where it came from because that's that's not from the Lord right I know that one thing I'll end up doing from this talk the spirit chastened me but I'm writing in my journal is one of those things that I needed to start acting and doing and, I, and I've been doing it now and I just we just got to act, right? And so I know there's something that all of us listen to in that talk that we can we can go out and act. I want to call that out. That's that's a really cool principle you just hit on. A prompting you received had nothing to do with the subject of his talk. Mm -hmm. That wasn't something that Elder Holland told you. That was something that the Holy Ghost told you. Yeah. Right. That's taking conference to the next level. I admire that. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but I'm not perfect at it yet, but one day. <laughs> Thank you for listening to another episode of the Conference Talk Podcast. If you like what you've heard so far, give us a five-star rating on your favorite podcast app. If you don't like what you heard, then you don't have to leave a review. <laughs> or send us a message through our website, conferencetalk.org, where you will find all the show notes and resources for this and all previous episodes, as well as links to follow us on a variety of social media channels. And share us with a friend. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever people find podcasts nowadays. Big thanks to my co-host, Shelby, for coming and joining and hopping on mics with me. You can follow her. Where do you follow you, Shelby? At ChristCenterConversations.org. 
And you can follow me, Matthew Watkins, at powerinthebook.com. Thanks for joining us, and we'll catch you next week with another episode of the Conference Talk Podcast.